Um, I want to introduce uh, John to you. Um, I've known John personally for about seven or eight years now. Uh, my uncle, uh, well, Sue's uncle, actually, uh, Bob Wickham, went on a, uh, got, to know, got to know John through the healing ministry, and he um, pointed us in John's direction, um, and John came up here and he led a healing school, I think about seven years, six years ago now, um, and he's been to us two or three times. But John, John's um, history goes back quite a long way. He was a farmer originally. Any farmers here? Yes, there we are. Look at all those hands going up. He was originally a farmer, um, and uh, he moved into ministry with his wife, uh, Bron, um, who's a Kiwi. Uh, Bron's, uh, John is English, which is great. And, um, and, uh, and uh, they started a charity in India. Um, he also tried pastoring for a couple of years, but he said to me, he said to us last night around the table, it wasn't really his calling, pastoring. Um, he's more of an itinerant speaker. Um, but under his um, direction and under his guidance, about 50,000 people have been trained around the world to heal the sick. Um, and, of course, he's been um, taking uh, schools into Nepal, um, I think, for 13 years. He was taking schools for a couple of times every, every year. Um, and I had the pleasure with uh, Brian Curry on going one with him, and that was just a great experience. Still talk about it today. But, John, please come on up here. I'd like to pray for you, and then I'm going to um, just do it. <laughs> uh, Lord, thank you so much for your servant, John. Uh, please bless him and fill him with your love and power today as he talks to us and shares the good news that you want everyone to know. In Jesus' name, amen. There you go, John. Thank you. Lorne, um, I'm, I'm glad I've got a long string. I, I call myself an itinerant um, speaker because I like to wander about. Um, and I, I'm no good, I don't know about you, but I'm no good at this Zoom thing because I like to look at people and talk to people and, and interact with people and... And, 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 you know, it's, and you can't do this, what I'm doing now, on Zoom. Or if you can, I haven't worked out how to do it. So um, it's a, always a privilege to come and share the Word of God. And uh, when Lorne said, John, would you come and do a gospel and healing service, I, I said, yes. Because there's nothing I like more than sharing the, the good news of Jesus and the, nothing gives me greater joy than seeing people come to Christ and seeing people uh, healed through the miraculous power of Jesus. I mean, it just every time I see even uh, simple things like headaches healed, it's just, it's just it gives me a buzz uh, to, to see what God does. Because he does it because he loves us. God loves people. He loves healing them. He hates sickness and he hates what the enemy has done to, to us. Uh, but, but he loves people and he loves you and me far, far more than we will ever understand. The Bible, in fact, describes his love as is four dimensions. Four dimensions of his love. It's, it's beyond understanding. And that's what we, what we, I hope, we'll catch a little glimpse of today. So thank you so much, um, I, I, and thank you too, um, Howard, for the, for the songs. I, 
I love some of those songs. I was very touched. Lord, I ask you to do what only you can do today. We commit this time into your hands. You're precious. You're wonderful. You're true. And you're glorious. And we give you all the praise for your word and for your truth. Amen. So what I thought we would do is um, we're going to, well, I'm just going to share a short message. Well, who knows? Once we get going, how long it'll be. But anyway, that's my plan is to share a short message. And then uh, we'll have a time of ministry for um, anyone who's feeling uh, they, they need healing. Wave to me if you need healing. Wave if you need healing. Look, oh, praise God. Uh, all right, now, all the rest of you who haven't put your hands up, be honest, wave. <laughs> because we all need healing some way or another. Um, myself, uh, I'm quite happy to have somebody come and lay hands on my shoulder, which has been giving a bit of grief. So, uh, yep, we all, we're all up for it. Uh, so that's good. So we'll have a time of ministry afterwards, and um, we've got some a ministry team who will be here to, to come and come and minister the, the the love of Jesus. That's that's what it's about. Um, when when uh, Lorne asked me to come, I started praying and praying and praying, and and I uh, wrote a book a few years ago on the holy fire of God. And funnily enough, I've just been revising it. Um, and I, I really sense quite strongly that the Holy Spirit um, told me to to speak from this passage of Scripture, which, to be quite honest, is is a, a, a passage that we all I have wrestled with. It's not easy, um, and so therefore I wanted. Yeah, well, it would have been much easier to have preached one of my favorite messages, but now God says, "No, do this." So all right, here we are. We're going to do. We're going to do this. Um, have you noticed that um, we all seem to be hardwired with certain needs and issues in in our lives? Uh, I, I, I call it. It's a little bit like having sort of pre-loaded software. I'm just talking to the young ones now, but. Um, it's, it's like, you know, you buy a computer and it's got a whole lot of software already on it. Um, God has made us like that. He's put inside us these sort of needs for, well, obviously, for, for things like love, for justice, for righteousness. Why, why do we like it? Because it's, it's, it's deeply wired. Um, important, the importance of, of uh, having a purpose in our life having a direction. These are things which God has hardwired into us. And we, uh, therefore, are not going to be satisfied in our lives until these, these issues uh, have been dealt with. So, of course, a, a lot of people will say, yeah, well, you know, we, th- that's just the way we are, and therefore we invent this whole God and religious thing um, oh, I've just forgotten to clip that thing on. Is that all right? Can you? I was supposed to clip. That. Do you want me to clip that on? I better. I saw. I saw them doing that thing at the back, and I thought, Oh my goodness, this isn't going to work. 
And that's not going to work when I put the... Sound is okay, yeah, but I think this is for those that are listening on the, uh, on, on the Zoom. So, hello people on Zoom, you can now hear me, yay. Um, where was I? All right, yes, and so some people uh, say that we've invented all of this religion thing and the God thing because we invent the God who is going to meet these needs. But my question is, uh, what if it's the other way around? What if it's actually God that put all this stuff in, our, in us in the first place, and therefore we have, uh, in fact, it says, it says in the, uh, the Old Testament, God has put eternity in the hearts of men. What does that mean? It means two things. First of all, it means that actually when we uh, were, were born, he breathed life into us by his spirit. That spirit that he breathes into us is eternal. It's God's spirit. None of us would be alive without God's spirit having breathed into us. So we have, been, we have that eternal spirit as part of us. The second thing is um, that, that God has put eternity in the hearts of men because he's given us that hunger for these, ish, these other things that he's placed in us. So we have this, we have this eternity uh, already pre-programmed into us, and unless it's fulfilled, we will never actually find our destiny or our fulfillment. So... How did, I, how did I become a Christian? I didn't want to be a Christian. I was a, I was a hoon. Um, I was, yeah, I, I was dangerous, actually. We had, I, had, I was a member of a car club, and we were all dangerous. And I, 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 my young life consisted of two things, cars and girls. So I, I wasn't a good boy. And I certainly didn't want to be a Christian. I didn't like Christians. They were all boring. And, and um, then I was given a book which ended. It was about the, uh, the life of, of um, Luke, the Dr. Luke. And I loved this book. And, and so I, it ended by saying, this story is continued in the Gospel of Luke. Clever. So I picked up an old Bible, dusted it off, and started reading the Gospel of Luke. And I got halfway through it. And I realized I was reading truth. It was history. It was real. What I'd been reading before was fiction. And what I was reading now was truth. And I didn't... This, I, this made me actually very uncomfortable. Because if Jesus is who he claims to be, then he believes all this stuff that was in there. Including... Heaven and hell. Really? Demons? Uh, I, didn't want, I didn't want to believe all this stuff. I struggled with it. You know, Jesus, okay, son of God, well, all right. But all of this stuff with heaven and hell and demons and, and devil, and, and I, I, I didn't want to get involved with that. And then, miracles. I didn't believe in miracles. I was trained as a scientist. I had a, I had a, 
explanation for every single miracle in the Bible. Uh, feeding of the 5,000? Well, everybody brought their lunch. <laughs> so, and then I was in, I was in Soweto in Africa uh, a number of years ago. In a thirty thousand people there, it was a it was a big big tent, the biggest tent in the world, and I was just sort of vaguely watching what was going on, and I heard this voice which says, "Now put your hand in the air," and I turned to see what was going on. It wasn't he wasn't talking to me; he was talking to a young girl of about twelve in front of me, an African girl, and it was an African pastor, and he said, "Put your hand in the air," and I watched the girl put her hand up like that. And he said, no, not that one, the other one. And then I, I, it was the first time I noticed that her left arm was all twisted and withered like this. And, and I watched it grow. It took about 10 seconds. I was a scientist. And that completely wrecked my worldview because I had just witnessed something that I believed was impossible. What do you do with that stuff? And if we're honest, we realize that there's a whole lot of, of stuff going on in the world that we don't know about. And I realized that there was another dimension at the time. I called it like a parallel universe. God calls it his kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. And at that time, I remember praying to him and I said, God, if this is the real deal, that's what I want to dedicate my life to. And you know the miracle of God, how gracious he is, because that's just what we've been doing for the last 20 years, is teaching people how to heal the sick. And we have seen, by his grace, thousands of people healed of almost everything that you can imagine. So it's all God's grace. But you know, when you make a, when, when you make a commitment like that, God said, God, God, Takes you up on it, you know. He, he just, okay, John, at last you're beginning to make sense of this world. Hooray. I want to go back a few pages um, because why did God make us in the first place? It tells us in the, at the beginning of the Bible that God made us because he loves, he, God is love. If God is love, you've got to have somebody to love, right? So therefore, he made us in order to love not only each other, but to love him. But he also made us so that he could love us. He needed an object of his love. How could he be a God of love without somebody to love? So he made a man and woman uh, in order to love them. And... We had a wonderful time with God when he first made us chilling in the Garden of Eden. And, you know, he would, he would uh, the Bible says that he would walk with them in the cool of the day. I love that. You know, they'd, they'd obviously been working hard and uh, having a nice chill time. And then, sadly, it all went wrong. And it tells us that, that Adam and Eve, man, 
sinned against God. They disobeyed his command. He told them to not to eat from the tree, particular tree uh, of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and they did, and they ate from it, and they sinned. And the whole of creation, it's extraordinary, but this is what happened. The whole of creation began to fall apart. And that's the world that we see, see uh, today, that we live in, is a, is a decaying world. And it's not, God didn't make it like that, uh, but it happened when we sinned. So now I'm going to invite um, Abby to come and help me because she's, I had primed her. I had asked her if she could take the role of God because I, 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 like, I, like, uh, you know, um, I like doing stuff that helps us to remember what's going on. So first of all, this is why God made us for fellowship. What's happened? This has actually prevented our relationship. And what I've learned, this is the revelation. If you remember one thing this morning, remember this. Because for me, this was a total revelation. God is perfectly holy. He's perfect. Therefore, nothing can contaminate God. No person can contaminate God. God isn't backing off because he doesn't want to get dirty. God can't get dirty. Why is he backing off? He's backing off because he would destroy us if he got too close to us when we were dirty. God, the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. He, what I've discovered and I found out in my book is that God destroys the unholy but glorifies the holy. That's why he can't have a relationship with sinful men. God longs to have a relationship with you. He loves you. He made you to love you. But he can't have a relationship with you with, when you've got the T-shirt. And unfortunately, we all have the T-shirt. Have, have a seat, uh, God, Gabby. Abby, Abby, Gabby, God, Sorry. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll come back and have another go in a minute. Look at this. It says here, this, this great white throne, this great throne of God, 
is the throne of judgment. Books are opened. God has kept a record of every good thing and every bad thing you've ever done. And then it says, they will be judged according to what's written in the books. Um, God knows what I've done, and I, I know what I've done, and it's not looking good for John Ferguson. But here's the good news. If anyone's name was found, not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. What is this book of, what book of life? We turn over the page, we read this. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And I am impure. I have done stuff which is shameful. I've done stuff which is deceitful. And notice um, it also says, who will not be with God, who will not be in this holy city, uh, it ends with, I mean, we think, oh, yeah, well, you know, I haven't done the magic stuff, and I haven't done idolatry, and I haven't done the immorality, and then it finishes with all liars. Oops. Um, okay, who's not a liar? Well, at least we've got some honest people. I was, I was about to say somebody, watch somebody put their hand up, and they say, well, actually, that's a lie. Uh, we, it, it, I'm sorry, but this gets everybody. It's, it's, it's everybody. Includes everybody. But what is the good news? The good news is, if your name is in the book of life, then you don't get thrown into the lake of fire. Incidentally, for the theologians, uh, please notice that there are at least two deaths here and at least two hells but if you want to find out more about that you'll have to buy my book so that's the end of the adverts we've got the t-shirt so what do we do about it and this makes a nonsense of all of the mankind's efforts to try to get clean because we've got the t-shirt you can't get clean with the t-shirt on the t-shirt has to go God doesn't try and cover it up. He doesn't try and pretend it's not there. It is there. It's desperately important to him. And he's got to do something about it. And it has to be God that does something and not us. That's why God himself came. This is the good news. This is the wonderful news. God himself came in the form of Jesus Christ, his son, to die on a cross, not just for us, but as us. Jesus died on the cross as you. And if you want to, turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus died on the cross as you. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, Jesus died on the cross as you. So my question is, is your name in his book? Is your name in the book of life?
the book of the Lamb of God, the Lamb of Jesus. How do we know? How do we know if my name is there? What do I do? What do I do? Well, firstly, just let me assure you with a few, a few things. First of all, do you cry out to God, Abba, Father? If you cry out to God, Abba, Father, only the Spirit can do that. You're in the book. Another, another thing. Are you longing for Jesus to return? Yes? If you're longing for Jesus to return, you're in the book. Praise God. <laughs> Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Because if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're in the book because you can't be baptized in the Holy Spirit when you're still filthy. So if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're in the book. If you long for his return, you're in the book. If you're crying out, Abba, Father, by your spirit, you're in the book. But how would we really know it? We really know it by his promise. This is his promise. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. When you do that, two things. We confess that Jesus is Lord. P publicly. And we're going to do it in a minute. And then we believe that God raised him from the dead. And if you do that, you're in the book. Praise God. And you might say, John, this is all a bit heavy. I was going, I think, it was a, I think it was in Nepal, but we were going up one of these really narrow roads. And there was a sign uh, which just said, no road. Really? And so, oh well, I stopped driving and decided to be uh, cautious, and I walked around the bend. Sure enough, the whole road had disappeared into the gorge. And if I kept driving, I'd be in the gorge. Are you in his book? Do you believe this? When we believe it, this is what happens. So God is pleading with us. He's desperate for it. This is what he's done. He's taken our sin. 
on the cross. Your sin, my sin, has, is nailed there on the cross. If we would only believe it. So how do we receive him? How do we actually... We just, first of all, declare that Jesus is Lord. Secondly, we believe. But I want to finish with this. Um, because this, this, is, this last bit that we read in the New Jerusalem, has often been slightly misunderstood. But listen to what's going on. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven for God dressed as a bride. Who is the bride of Christ? The church. The church is the bride of Christ. So the new Jerusalem is not heaven. The new Jerusalem comes uh, down out of heaven. God comes down out of heaven with the holy city, the new Jerusalem. So the confusion comes because it's, we think of it as a place, but it isn't. It's the church. And here is the church dressed as a bride. When we are the bride of Christ, this is the bread. Don't, I mean, one of the, one of the things that's hardwired into us is weddings. Don't we love weddings? So, Lorne, do you love weddings? Sue, do you love weddings? We love weddings. Why? Because it's all going to happen at the end. Jesus has prepared it all for us. The Father has prepared it so that his church might come. And I just love this picture of, of the Father coming down out of heaven with the church on his arm, ready to, uh, ready to meet the bridegroom, Jesus. Uh, just a fantastic picture and here is his invitation to each one of us will you come will you be part of his bride because he loves you he's dealt with your sin on the cross and he wants you to come he wants us to surrender to Jesus he wants Jesus to be our Lord Look, I know some of you have been sitting on the fence. I'm, I'm just going to talk to you as an ex-farmer. It's painful. Don't sit on the fence any longer. Make a decision. Make a decision for Jesus. And you might say, well, I don't know that I'm... Listen, it's worth it even just for... What happens if this just happens to be true? And if it happens to be true, this is the most important thing on earth. Therefore, don't mess around. If you want to take it out just as life insurance policy, I think, yeah, I'll do this just in case, you know. I don't mind because I know that what will happen when you surrender to Jesus, it'll all change. And you'll go, oh, wow, yes, of course it's all true. I get it. But first of all, we have to take that step of faith because we, we aren't absolutely sure. Make a decision. Choose life. Choose Jesus. In fact, even Jesus himself right now is saying, choose life. And he's here with open arms and a big grin on his face. If you would only come. Will you come?
Let's close our eyes. Some of you need to make that decision today. Some of you may have been coming along to church for a long time, but you've never really surrendered to Christ. You've never really invited him to be your Lord and Savior. You've never responded to his invitation. So I'm going to ask you, if you, if, if you know that's you, just wave to me. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to invite you out or embarrass you, but I just want to know who you are. You say, yeah, I need, I need to make a decision for Jesus today. Just wave to me. Praise God. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? And some of you, I know, here have been sitting on the fence. Bad place to be. Bad place to be. Don't put it off. As the, as the, the man said, none of us are promised to, tomorrow. Who knows? Make a decision today. And at least you'll be safe. And some of you need to just take out life insurance. You're not sure about all of this stuff, but do it anyway. Because if it's all true, you won't regret it. And if it's not true, I've been wasting my life for 40 years. And I don't think so. We've seen thousands of lives changed because it is true. So if that's you, if you've been sitting on the fence, get off the fence. Come and make a decision for Jesus. Anyone? Just wave to me if that's you. Anyone? Anyone else? Thank you. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, let's all say this prayer together. Will you follow me? Father, thank you for your word. I believe that Jesus is Lord. I commit my life to Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking away my sin. I will serve you for the rest of my life. Now please fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can live the life you want me to in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Well, bless you guys who made that decision whether you waved or whether you didn't. Some of you may have just decided, yeah, I need to pray this. I need to do it. Come and see us afterwards. We would love to. I've got some uh, books that I'd be happy to give you. And um, if you need prayer, come for prayer. But right now we're going to move into a time of ministry for healing. And just quickly encourage you um, with, with one scripture from uh, Luke, uh, chapter, Luke chapter 1. And um, Matthew, Mark, Luke. 
verse 37 says this, Luke chapter 1 verse 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Amen? Nothing is impossible with God. What does that mean? It means when we are God, with God, nothing is impossible. When we are doing this for him and with him, then nothing is impossible. We can't heal anybody. I can't heal a fly with a headache. I can't do anything. It's all him, and he's just asking us to, to do what he's told us to do, which is to heal the sick. So that's what we're going to do now, move into a time of healing. And... and um, that the other thing this tells us is that nothing is impossible with God. When we pray in faith, in the name of Jesus, something must happen. So tell your neighbor, something must happen. Tell your neighbor, something must happen. Something must happen. That's the scripture. I believe in the Bible. I believe in the scripture and I believe in God's promises. So if you are ready for ministry, if you'd like healing, um, just, just come and the, 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 the ministry team will, will come up and uh, we'll commit this time to God. Um, and I'll leave uh, Lorne to take over now. Um.